Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello. We're, it's summer. Welcome to summer. Today's summer. Oh my God. Way. Yeah. It was like over 30 degrees outside today, and we have part of our house that's like all closed off because uh, we're painting. And so it was so hot. I had to go in there because like our we have like a little drink fridge in the dining room. And so our dining room, living room is what's currently like all shut off from the rest of the house because of the fumes and stuff. And uh, I opened the little like door to get into the dining room and to get a drink from the fridge. And it was like, boom, walking into a brick wall. It's <laughs> like, damn, because we like closed off all the vents for the air conditioning and stuff. And oh, man. And that was inside. Outside was like 10 times worse. <laughs> yeah, it was it was pretty warm. And, you know, if Jocelyn starts to laugh at all my jokes, the fumes have made it into the <laughs> yeah, office. Yeah, the fumes have gotten to me. <laughs> yeah, so uh, just keep an eye out or I guess an ear out for that. Everyone at home. Uh, no, it, it has been very warm uh, to the point where I've been pretty happy to be uh, working inside, although we did have to venture outside today um, to uh, to take care of some things. But I did get a good chance to play some video games and jocelyn i know you went through some some heartache uh that we're gonna start oh the show God. with <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay so uh surprising to no one ea is a terrible company that makes really shitty project products <laughs> noted Oh my God. Okay. So, so I guess I'll, I'll set the scene. Mm. So, uh, last week, Ryan had proposed that we both play the same title this week so that we could, you know, bounce our experiences off each other and have a really good discussion, which is something we haven't really done in a while. Um, we've been playing a lot of like different experiences every week. So, we wanted a shared gaming experience for you guys. So, Ryan found this super awesome game. Available on Game Pass, Asterix, <laughs> <laughs> called Lost in Random, which I am really excited to talk about. But in order to get that game through Game Pass, you had to link your Xbox, I guess your, your gamer tag, with your EA account, which is the same as your Origin account, <laughs> mm -hmm. but... You can, I guess, make as many EA accounts as you want. And so anyways, I tried like 800 times. That's an exaggeration. I tried four times to launch the like because there's a big button on the Xbox app on the Xbox page on my computer under Lost at Random that says like, uh, play free with Game Pass or whatever. And you click that button and it launches the EA thing. And you have to like verify that your accounts are linked. And I was in this like endless loop of password resets and I couldn't figure out what the heck was going on. So basically it would tell me to reset my EA password. I would reset the password. It would say, thank you very much. You'll be redirected back. And it never redirected me back to Xbox. So I was like, what the heck is going on here? So I waited an hour in the, I read a whole bunch of help articles, couldn't figure it out, waited for like an hour in the EA, um, like help chat thing. And then <laughs> I don't think I've ever actually had a worse experience with a customer service person. And I mean, like I have done voice chats, I've done email exchanges, I've done the live chats, I've done all kinds of stuff 
with customer service reps and like EA is so garbage, Ryan. Like <laughs> I explained with screenshots everything that was going on because I sent you all the same screenshots that I sent these EA people. Yeah. And I was like, this is what's happening. I can't figure out why I have no problems logging into the EA app like totally separately from Xbox. I have no problem logging into Xbox. I'm like, it's the link that's not working and I can't figure out why. And she like sent me to all of these different like pages. Most of them gave me like bad gateway errors. And I'm like, why are you sending me to websites that don't work? (laughs) Like what is wrong with you? So anyways, after all of that, like I was, I was talking to her for, I waited for an hour and then I think I was talking to her for about 45 minutes and she was basically telling me that I guess like way back in the day, like before I started content creation. So over a decade ago, I must have signed up for EA with like Facebook or something Mm -hmm. because it was the email that's tied to my Facebook account had been created with an EA account And you can only, and this is the part, well, this is one of the parts drives me nuts, but you can only link your Xbox gamer tag to one EA account. Like it's a one-to-one thing. And I was like, okay. I'm like, I don't remember, I don't remember ever having another EA account. I'm like, if I, if it does exist, like, and she's like, well, you know, you probably deleted it. And I was like, well, if I deleted it, then why is the link still there? <laughs> like, how is Xbox linked to an account that doesn't exist anymore? <laughs> like, I don't remember creating it. I don't remember deleting it. And yet somehow you're telling me that my gamer tag is linked to a different EA account. I'm like, but this is my EA account with like my current email and whatever that I use all the time. It's where I buy all my games like... You can go look at my library on Origin and sh- like you can see that this is the active account. I'm like, what the heck is this? Like, how do you how do you maintain a link even from like a database, like software programming, like perspective? How do you maintain a, an account link to an account that's gone? <laughs> like, what the hell? So anyways, after all of that, she couldn't help me. And she ended up recommending that I make a new Xbox account so that I can have a fresh EA account and a fresh Xbox account, link those two together. And I was like, are you insane? Like, I've had my same Xbox account for like ever since I first bought my 360. No, Just make a new Xbox account to play your Game Pass games. It, it, yeah, that is uh, that is insane. I mean, you know, it's no coincidence that EA has been in the news a lot uh, in the past five to six years of severely cutting back on their customer service. I, I believe they they shut down a whole office uh, in Ireland that was completely devoted to to customer service. So um, that's great. <laughs> It shows. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. This is one of those instances, uh, and I was not helpful at all. 
uh, I should note that before I say anything. I was not helpful <laughs> at all. I think one of my recommendations well, was... okay, but your recommendation of turn it off and turn it back on again eventually worked, right? Oh, like, okay. I had to do a whole bunch of other stuff, but eventually, all my other stuff, I hit a wall, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to restart my computer, and then stuff started to work. So, okay. you know, like, I don't know if it was the time passing or the whatever, or if it was the restart itself, but one way or another, you're turn it off and back on again best it advice in the world like it just is for anything ever <laughs> it but, is uh it usually is i mean honestly yeah. anything internet related you know reboot your router turn your wi-fi on and off um i was more referring to my original suggestion which was why don't you just play it on xbox because i think you can just so the weird thing that's happening here and, and i might have misunderstood the weird thing happening is that on xbox like your xbox console EA Play is sort of like it's built into the Xbox ecosystem. I it's I don't supposed to be. It's supposed, to, but you were playing on the PC Xbox app, right? Yes, okay. which is basically supposed to just be my Xbox, but on my computer. Yeah, but it's I guess not. Yeah, and I think yeah, I think it's because um, it tries to launch an external EA app in order mm -hmm. to do the authentication or something which I don't even understand because it shouldn't really have anything to do with that. Like if EA play is included in my ultimate game pass, that should be the end of story. Like, do you have game pass ultimate? Cool. EA and Xbox figure out your shit behind closed doors. Like I don't need to see EA ever anything on anything because it's like, it's a hard turnoff on games now. And that's what I told the customer service person is I was like, I literally said, I'm like, because I mean, this was like almost two hours mm. that I had been either sitting, waiting or like talking to this person who was being not helpful at all. And I was like, and who came back at me at the end saying I should make a new Xbox account. And I was I responded with, are you actually kidding me? Your advice for dealing with your terrible service is to make a fresh Xbox account and like move all like i'm like you can't even move all your stuff over like you want me to just make a new xbox account because you can't program a good app like i'm like the only thing that, and and then she she had asked me before before she said this this whole um make a fresh xbox thing i forgot to say uh she uh, she did the whole customer service thing to end the call <laughs> where she was like well do you have any further questions for me and i was like you haven't fixed anything. So, yes, I have all the same questions still. She's like slowly making it for the door. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that slowly backing away. <laughs> yeah, definitely was happening. Uh, and yeah, so anyways, in the end, I'm like, the only thing that you've actually done for me today is clarify that I should never play an EA title ever again. So thanks very much for that. And I just closed the chat. I'm like, I don't even want to talk to you anymore. I'm done. So anyways, I went through and I read a whole bunch of like help articles and stuff that I was actually able to like access and navigate through, like not that she had sent me, but just like on EA's website. And I read a whole bunch of stuff with this like tidbit of information in the back of my head that apparently I had had another EA account in the past. So I ended up like, if you click the like reset your password link, um, when you're not signed in, it lets you input your email. And so I, I signed out, clicked the reset password link and, and entered my super old, never use it anymore, Hotmail email account. 
And I was like, <laughs> and so then I had to figure out how to check my Hotmail account because it's been literally years since I've logged into that thing. Uh, and so anyways, I still had access to that. Thankfully, I was able to reset my password on this old supposedly deleted account, which again, I'm like, if I request a company to delete something for me, I assume it's deleted. But it seems like maybe they just like deactivate or something. I don't know because they have like on their page two different options to either like deactivate your EA account or delete your EA account. And she told me my account had been deleted. So I was like, okay, this shouldn't work. But then it did work, which means it was deactivated, not deleted. Anyways, very long story short, I was able to get into the old account, unlink the Xbox from the from that stupid old Hotmail throwaway EA account. And then I was able to go through the process and link the Xbox gamer tag to the new EA account or like the 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 origin account I had actually been using and purchasing games on and whatever. And I'm just like this is such a convoluted ridiculous crazy system. And there's like warnings all over like the EA stuff when you link your Xbox account they're like you can only link one gamer tag to an EA account ever. Like, if you unlink this, you can never link another gamer tag. I'm like, why? Like, why are you so crazy locked down? Like, this is insanity. Anyways, EA accounts, origin, it's all garbage. Mm. <laughs> I'm so mad about it. But anyways, after that, like, it took me all afternoon to get this game installed. <laughs> and now... <laughs> So this is this is driving me nuts right before the show because I was trying to play the game to the point where you and I would be in about the same place and we could have a, a conversation without spoiling anything for each other. And uh, so I was looking at your achievements in the Xbox app. So I downloaded the game in the Xbox app. I pushed the big button that says play on Game Pass. It launches from the Xbox app, but for some reason... All of my progress and my achievements are in the EA, like, garbage stuff that I can't close while I have this game open. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, like, all of my achievements, I couldn't compare my achievements with you in the Xbox, like, um, ecosystem because <laughs> they're not there. It doesn't even show up on my, like, recently played games. And I'm just like... What is this absolute garbage integration? Like, what is going on, Xbox? Like, you don't need EA games. Just drop them. They're not worth the partnership. Like, oh, man, it was so frustrating. So I was able to like look in my Origin account and find my achievements and compare them like in another window to my Xbox window and see what you and I had done. And I have figured out that we got to about the same place. But like, fuck EA. <laughs> Like, God damn, <laughs> worst company, worst company ever. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, in the immortal words of EA Chatbot, I mean, you got there eventually, right? Like you, you got it working and no thanks to them. <laughs> <laughs> but I was able to eventually launch the game. So after I did, uh, after I unlinked everything, relinked the the two like my existing xbox account and the new air quotes i say new but i've literally been using the same ea account for like since we started the show mm -hmm. anyways um like once i got that link done that's when i had to do the the ryan advice the restart <laughs> so then i did the link i restarted everything 
then I was able to actually launch and play the game. So I did eventually get to the point where I could play Lost in Random for free on Game Pass air quotes. <laughs> but yeah, EA can die in a fire. <laughs> Jerks. Yeah. So I, I played it on Xbox. And you played it on actual Xbox, right? Yes. And so that's that's the big difference is that you played on actual Xbox. I played on um, Game Pass on PC. Yeah. And I mean, I, I cannot remember if I had to have like an EA account linked to my Xbox profile. I'm sure I do because of, you know, insert random EA game that I played forever ago. I find like. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Like once you link it, you never have to think about it again in theory. Yeah. And because you're on the Xbox, you wouldn't be launching like external EA software to do stuff. But no, yeah, on the PC, it's garbage. Yeah. So like on Xbox, I think it just it, it is part of the Game Pass ecosystem. But in mm-hmm. I remember when they launched EA Play on Game Pass on PC, it was through this beta app of EA Play or EA Desktop or whatever they call it. That's the other thing. Isn't like it says beta everywhere. And I'm like. Don't you already have Origin? I'm like, are you telling me that your new software, your new launcher is called beta or is it in beta? <laughs> like, I, it was very confusing because it didn't just like say beta in like Times New Roman or something. It was like this fancy looking like logo. And I'm like, I don't understand. It's like Facebook rebranding to meta. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, OK, but that's a word we use for other stuff. <laughs> Oh, can you please explain to me if that's your logo or not? <laughs> yeah, you can't you can't put like if you have beta software, you can't put beta in like a fancy logo font or else people will assume like, oh, it's the EA beta app as in yeah, like this is our new. That's what thing. the name is. Yeah. Which I mean, perpetually in beta does seem how EA likes to run things. So, <laughs> I mean, maybe it's very fitting. <laughs> maybe. I, I mean, I cannot remember the last, I mean, the last EA game that I would have played and enjoyed would have been the Mass Effect Legendary uh, Edition. Um, But again, like it was on Xbox. So if I did have a linked EA account, it just sort of worked in the background. Although like, it's funny, we talk about linking accounts and, and having to have a very random account to play a game that has nothing to do with it. I'll have a story about that later on with another game I played. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, a, every service has its own account and having so many of those accounts like this is where password managers come in super handy. But again, like that's the only way that I knew that I had another origin account is because uh, and I said this to her in the chat. I was like, I have something stored as origin with this Hotmail account like address in my last pass. I'm like, is that the old account? And she's like, oh, well, it was deleted. I can't tell you what the email was. I can't see that. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Weird. <laughs> but yeah, so like the only thing that saved all of this was that was my last pass, my my password manager. Like, <laughs> right. And I was going to say about with with any password manager, like I feel like password manager software has only been around for uh, it in in it being popular outside of like before password managers you just had them saved in the browser um maybe i could see if you were able to import those into your last pass or whatever at when you set up your account but i feel like if you haven't used that hotmail account in a very long time i'm i'm surprised you found it. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. like i i come across you know accounts that pop up it's like oh man that's weird oh it's not in my last pass well i guess i should sort that out um you know, it, we've been on the Internet for a very long time and there are a lot of services that come and go. And um, 
yeah. So it, it, sometimes you get a random email. I'm like, what is it? When did I? Oh, I signed up for this like a decade ago. Great. I yeah. should sort that out. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's. Uh, I, I'm glad you sorted it out. I definitely uh, am now not going to try to play uh, any EA games on PC through Game Pass. No. Oh, God. If you ever see that EA Play logo in Game Pass content, don't load it up on PC. It is not worth the headache. It's so garbage. And like I say, like, and I understand that they are made up space points and they don't mean anything, but I do really like having all of my achievements in one place. Like I like looking at my completion levels on Steam, on on Xbox, like the services that I use often and the places where my friends play. And like I really wanted to play with you and and compare to you and and all that kind of stuff. And it's not there. It's on like and I don't even know, like, if it's on Origin, like, it's technically on the same account that I use to log into Origin, but it's on this stupid beta app. So I'm like, do I even have friends here? <laughs> like, what is this? <laughs> does Origin even exist still? Like, I I guess it does. Well, and that's the other question. Yeah, so I, because so the last thing that I played from EA was, uh, I do still play The Sims from time to time, and I was playing a bunch last month just for some escapism and some like what if my life was good <laughs> and so i was playing so that's how i knew that like i had logged because she kept telling me i hadn't logged in in a long time i'm like i know for a fact i can give you the date when i started playing sims 4 again i know exactly when i wanted to escape my real life so like don't start with me and tell me it's been too long since i logged in and when i logged into play sims 4 was when um like was through origin right so i was like so i know that that is still a thing origin's still a thing and but now they're like i don't know trying to and this is why it didn't say like origin beta <laughs> It's just beta. So I don't know what the hell EA is doing other than screwing everything up. But yeah, don't play. Don't play any title, any title at all that's on Ultimate with the EA Play logo on your PC. Just don't do it. <laughs> Log in on your Xbox. Save yourself the headache. <laughs> yep. It's just a button push away on the Xbox. And that's why. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I made a big, big, big mistake by trying to play on my computer. But we should actually talk about the game. Now that we've talked about how awful it was for me to actually access it, we both did have a chance to to get a couple hours in on this game. So do you, are you ready to talk about it? I'll let you talk first because I feel like I've been ranting for a while now. <laughs> yeah, no, I I I got a chance to play this uh, over the last couple of days. Um, it, it's funny. Yeah, I've, I've kind of been chipping away at it. Uh, since the weekend and lost in random was a game i think when it was announced last year during the ea presentation uh, i looked it up it actually came out in september of last year i totally missed it like completely i remember like the like now that i've actually been in and playing like played it i remember the announcement i remember being excited about like the the look and feel of the game um, but I completely missed the fact that it came out in September, like totally, completely missed it. Yeah, I, I think it, you know, it is a smaller title. It's an EA. I think they I think they still call it EA partner or EA. I think it might be EA partner. Um, it's it's kind of a it, there's been other games under this same label. Uh, you have those yarn games. Um, yarny Un unraveled. That's it. <laughs> 
you know, Yarny McYarn does stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. His name is actually Yarny, I'm pretty sure. Uh, <laughs> now now you have me second-guessing myself. Um, but yes, Unraveled was in the same sort of um, bucket, I guess, of the EA uh, money buckets. I don't know what you want to call it. <laughs> Clearly, I need to, you know, take some more buckets over to the uh, PC development uh, side of things. But um, yeah, it, it always interests me. I remember, you know, being excited about it when it was announced. It looked really cool. It's got a very Tim Burton style to it. Um, Abby has been absolutely, well, there was a, a good week or two where she was obsessed with uh, Coraline. I was going to say, yeah, this gave me Coraline slash um, Little Nightmares vibes, too. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And uh, she was watching Coraline all the time to the point where it fell off Netflix and I had to find it. I think it was uh, it had moved over to Amazon Prime. So I had to like figure out how to get that working for her <laughs> on her tablet uh, without her having access to everything else. And I mean, we, we talked last there's week. There's a lot of yeah, there's a lot of stuff on Amazon Prime. You do not want your daughter watching at what it five. <laughs> no. Yeah. But, but even Coraline, like, I, you know, she Coraline insists on watching is it. creepy. It's scary. I don't like it. I, I mean, I <laughs> she's watching it and, you know, Caden doesn't like it. But but Izzy and Abby, they're all into it. They're like, oh, this is great. And uh, no nightmares, no nothing. But for me, I'm just, you know, uh, those button eyes. I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, anyways, this game really reminds me of that. It has that specific feel of like that uh, not only that stop motion animation, but more of that like uh, crafted toy like uh, feel. It's it's more, you know, these aren't like it's not like uh, it's not like Night Before Christmas, but it's very much like Coraline where everything feels like it's made of something, you know, and these characters are crafted from uh, very like actual things like uh, like vases or, or, or bricks or rocks or whatever and. Um, old school toys, that sort of thing, like mm-hmm. very old school, I should say. But, uh, you know, in terms of like it's, you know, also so that's the look. But I, I think also in terms of like its humor and its writing and its setup, it, it also feels like Tim Burton. But it also kind of reminded me of uh, Psychonauts as well in that like sort of creepy humor, um, but also like on the nose type stuff. Like uh, we're, we're in I think we made it to two town and there's like some some fun stuff going on there with some characters. And I, I don't know if you got a, you got a chance to meet the two mayors that are there, but I immediately thought of that evil ghost from uh, uh, nightmare before Christmas. I, I don't remember his name. I know he has a name, but I can't remember it, but there is that like really bad ghost that kidnaps Santa or is torturing Santa. I can't oh, remember. Oogie Boogie. Yes. That guy, <laughs> <laughs> that one. So yeah, it, it, it really like, it really takes that Tim Burton feel and is, and combines it with Psychonauts and has crafted this game that just really feels like one of those experiences. Um, I'll say this, like the characters and the dialogue, like I, I'm not really too into that. Like sometimes when characters are talking like, Oh, this is really interesting. And other times like, okay, I'm going to walk right past this. Yeah. I started talking to basically, I started talking to slash pushing every time a, popped up like anytime there was a little blue glowy thing that told me I could interact with something and you know I read all about all the portraits on the walls and I talked to all the characters in the streets and stuff and there was some interesting stuff in there but then as we were getting closer and closer to to recording time I was like oh man I got to step this up (laughs) so um I I kind of walked 
by some people in two town and I haven't actually met the mayors or anything yet. Um, but, uh, one thing I do really love about the vibe of the game, and it reminds me of, um, why women kill, which is something I've been watching really recently. Um, but like having the narrator, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> like I love me a good narrator and it just kind of like, it ties the story together so nicely. It just, it feels fancy. <laughs> yeah. No, the narrator is really good. Um, and, and he, uh, like he, his, the stuff that he adds with the dialogue, it, that's all really good. I don't skip any of his stuff. I just mm-hmm. found like when you're walking through the towns and you're sort of, um, trying to progress that way, I found like, I didn't feel the need to talk to everybody. Yeah, some of them are just are just kind of flavor. Yeah, and it, I mean, it's all well done, like it's all well voice acted. But I mean, I was more interested in the combat scenarios. I thought like the way you were so essentially you find this talking dice, which also is like I didn't find they went with the right kind of bleeps and bloops. Like sometimes it's nice to listen to the funny bleeps and bloops, but it's it's kind of just gibberish, really. It's and it's never. I, I don't think it's never cons- it's never consistent. It's all kind of all over the place. Yeah, I found that, too, is like you basically when you're talking to your friend Dicey is mm. like you just have to pay attention to like your character's responses to understand what the dice was saying, which I is so like it's like your character in the game understands what the dice is saying, but you don't. And I think we should probably we should probably expand upon this a little bit, because I think the things that we're saying, people are probably going to be like talking dice. What the hell? Yes. What are you <laughs> two town? What is this? OK, so the basic premise of Lost and Random is that these characters live in a live in a world that is uh, run by what looks like an evil queen. Mm hmm. Uh, who looks vaguely chess-like and who rolls dice. And there are different towns based with different jobs based on the dice roll. So when you, when you turn 12, you roll the queen's magic die and then whatever number comes up, that's what you are for your life. So you're a one -er or a two -er or a six -er. Um, and you have that basically, uh, like it also kind of reminded me of hunger games in that way where it's like each level has a very specific purpose in the kingdom. And like the higher number you roll, the better your lot in life, which was very much like hunger games, like district, you know, 12 and 13 were super impoverished. Same as like what, Oh, what was it called? It wasn't one town or onesies. What was it? I don't know. I don't think <laughs> we I watched there so it. Anyway. Briefly. Oh, um, in the game. In the game. I thought you were game, talking about Yeah, in the game. game. No, uh, no, no, no. Sorry. In in Lost and Random. I can't remember. One town. Uh, yeah. I kind of just want to say one town, but I feel like that's derivative. Of I don't two think town. that's right. Yeah, it had it. It had its own thing. But anyways, um, yeah. So that like, if you were a oneer, then you know, in Lost and Random, then you were in the impoverished kind of like uh, scrap pickers. Um, and then if you were a sixer, that would be analogous to like district one and two in Hunger Games like that. I like immediately drew that comparison. Um, so the main character even had an older sister named Odd and she turned 12 and rolled a six and was taken away to live with the queen 
And everyone thought this was a whole big, amazing thing. But then even starts to have some dreams that maybe make you think that being a sixer wasn't great. And maybe something bad happened to her sister, which is what kicks off the whole entire adventure. And then so you are trying to, as as a as an underaged oneer, because <laughs> you're born to two oneer parents, um, trying to find she's basically trying to find her sister or find out what happened to her sister. And uh, you, along the way, meet this magical dice character. And that's when the combat begins. And combat, because I knew nothing about this game other than the cool, like, Tim Burton-y aesthetics. And so when I got into combat, I was like, WTF is happening. <laughs> <laughs> but to break, because, like, there, there's dice involved, there's cards involved, there's, like, dodging and sword play and, and you know, bow and arrows. Like, it's, it's got a little bit of everything in this combat system which could sound overwhelming. But I think once you get the hang of it, it flowed pretty well, actually. Um, so you have to collect energy from your enemies and then roll your dice. Like the, And as the energy builds up, you, you basically flip cards into your hand and then you can roll the dice and that will tell you how much basically energy or mana or you know, insert currency from your favorite card game here. It's how much you have to spend on casting your cards. And then your cards are things like healing potions, uh, weapons, bombs and traps and things like that. Um, and those things then help you in combat. So like, it's a pretty dynamic system uh, that, that was really interesting and really fun once I kind of figured it out. What did you think about the combat? Because it was a lot at first. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, so... At the very beginning of the game, they kind of drop you in in the, one of those instances where it's like, oh, we're, we're starting too far ahead. Let's rewind things. It, you know, it's yeah. kind of it's <laughs> with or, a big, huge enemy that you can never defeat yeah. <laughs> with you with your little slingshot. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And then there's a whole chunk of the first game uh, or sorry, the first sort of section of the game where you don't have any combat. It's all traversal and and there really isn't any traversal to speak of it's really just walking and talking yeah it's not yeah it's not like platforming or anything it's more just like um exploring uh the different pathways that you can take um but it's not like it's not a platformer really it's just it's it's puzzle solving and walking <laughs> yeah so all that being said like if you are interested in checking this game out on xbox uh I think you have to go in knowing that the first hour, like with Game Pass games, it can be easy to bounce off them in the first hour if you're if you because there's so much choice. So like that all being said, after that first hour, the combat does start to be reintroduced to you. And I really enjoyed it. I thought um, where we're at now in the game, you've had enough encounters where you've got a really good handle on it, where uh, as you're in combat, you do get the sort of like spider sense uh, Batman type Batman mm -hmm. Arkham Asylum. Yeah, the thing. little whooshies kind of around your head. That if you, that's basically the point where if it was like Batman combat, you would do your counter move. And this is kind of like you do a perfect blink dodge thing. And uh, if you can aim it right, you get like bonus, um, like energy for casting your dice. Cause you can cast your dice like multiple times during a combat encounter. It's kind of a rinse and repeat system. Mm hmm. And it's actually encouraged uh, at a certain there are certain mechanics in the game. So the or sorry, certain encounters where there's kind of this like chess piece you have to move across the board. And it's um, 
it starts off really simple where it's just like you need to move this piece from point A to point B and you do that by rolling the die and when the die rolls it'll move that that chess piece it moves more. that number of spaces yeah exactly and so the more you roll the dice uh, the more the faster you complete it exactly and i think at least in from what i understood when i was playing through that first board game encounter in two town um because yeah like you said there there's kind of different kinds of encounters there's like your regular combat encounters against like either normal or elite enemies and then there's this board game kind of encounter where you're rolling the dice and and trying to move your uh you're basically trying to defeat enemies to get enough energy to roll the dice to move your your uh, piece around the board as fast as possible. Um, and uh, so there's that extra little bit of a dynamic. And, and I'm not 100% sure, but I kind of assumed that in the board game, the enemies are infinite. Like, because you would need a constant, like, it, like, let's say you rolled really badly and you rolled all ones the whole way around the board and you had to roll, like, I think it had, like, about 10 spaces. So if you had to roll 10 times with the worst luck, then you would need to defeat, like, probably 20 enemies. <laughs> so, like, they have to be infinite, right? <laughs> yeah, they are. They are infinite. They're constantly spawning. And... That is just to ensure that you have a steady flow of enemies to power up your cards and to roll the die. And um, I found that, and you'll you'll need to use those perfect dodges or at least use your slingshot to shoot little crystals off of the enemies because, again, that powers your cards. Uh, and that'll give you a weapon. So you don't start with a weapon. You really just have mm -hmm. a dodge. And you have to build up those cards to summon a weapon. And I think at the start of the game, you have like a basically a sword or or a bow and uh, you can actually power them up multiple times. So it encourages you to continue throwing the dice so that you can upgrade your weapon mid-combat. And mm -hmm. uh, those board game encounters, which are much longer encounters, it encourages you to keep upgrading your weapon so that you can keep its power level because it does have a, a, um, a durability meter. A durability on it. meter, yeah. So, so if your weapon breaks, you basically have to roll the die again to try to equip another weapon. And this is kind of where the, I guess, um, other currency and deck building mechanics come in. So you do have a card collection and you can, you make a car, uh, or sorry, you make a deck of 15 cards uh, in order to basically uh, compete, in order to do your combat. And so there is an element of deck building kind of like i mean it is deck building but it's basically like putting together your character's powers so you can break vases with your slingshot and you get currency and then when you're in town you can shop and and buy new cards to add to your collection and then those new cards in your collection will give you new powers in combat so i think um pretty quickly i unlocked I think the first one I went and bought was like a three energy, three mana, whatever. Um, I'm going to say mana just because that's what I'm used to in Hearthstone. Um, so I had a, a, I bought a three mana hammer and then realized that my dice only has ones and twos on it. <laughs> so I have to have basically the perfect combo of cards, which is I do have one mana reduction card that discounts everything in my hand by one which then lets me cast my more powerful hammer. Um, but that's a very specific draw. So, you know, I don't get it every time. So sometimes I'm just there with my little one mana sword um, instead of my big beefy three mana hammer. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, 
I think I'm right at the point now where I'm trying to add like a, a three to the dice. Yeah, that's how far I got to is uh, to the point where she was like, oh, hey, we're going to have to add more dots to you. And, you know, like she takes out her little jar of dots and like sh- shakes it around and they're like going crazy or whatever. She's like, we have to find someone to fix you. So that's my current like objective. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's uh, so, so, yeah, the, the combat, I think the the game really shines when there are those combat encounters and i think that's where the board game mechan- the board game encounters um adds an additional twist to uh to the combat because there are just areas where it's like oh there's some enemies here and you have to take care of them but i found mm-hmm. that those board game encounters were a nice way to um give you a goal yeah, it wasn't just kill all the dudes well it, it gave you more combat but not just more of the same like you said just like you know kill all these folks and 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 move on and uh i i really appreciated that and and the board game encounters do get a little more complex like the one you played was just point a to point b but then one i just played was like okay now there's an enemy card blocking your path this is split up into four arenas you have to take out that specific enemy to take down the card and um, and then you can move your piece further into the next arena and rinse repeat. So again, like the game is finding ways to keep mixing up the combat encounters, which I think is the best part of the game uh, because it is so dynamic and your ability to change your deck um, as you buy more cards, it, you can kind of play whatever way you want like say you want to make sure you always have a high powered sword but then you want to deal the rest of your damage with traps and weaknesses you can build that deck Mm -hmm. in that way and when you're in the shop and you're buying cards the more cards you buy it'll get to a certain tier where it's like okay you've you've bought enough cards let's choose a new pack that you'll add to the shop and and the shop is sort of like a network it's all the same you just talk to the same dude and and uh, throughout the game, and and he has the same sort of inventory that you add to by buying uh, cards, and you get to choose which kind of card pack that they add. Yeah, I think the first one I chose was damage. Yeah, and that makes sense, because again, like you want more options for, for dealing damage, more weapons, more traps, that sort of thing. And if you like playing that way, it's like, okay, I'm going to prioritize opening damage packs. Glass cannon! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like there's there's a lot there that rewards sort of not only rewards experimentation, but also allows you to play your way. So it's like, okay, I just want to focus damage. That's where I'm having the most fun because I've got a good I'm pretty good at dodging now and you can play that way. Mm -hmm. Um, That being said, like as I've progressed further into the game, as the story starts to get going, um, like in Tim Burton films of uh, that look like this, there are these big bombastic characters. And I found like throughout the games, like, okay, the, the queen and, and the queen's uh, right hand henchmen, like they're big and, and they're, you know, very, uh, you know, bombastic characters, but everyone else is kind of just living in that world. And not until I got to two town with the mayors that I felt like, okay, there are other characters that they're going to introduce that are sort of outside the template of, Tim Burton character here type thing. Like mm-hmm. they add a little bit more to it, give them more character as opposed to just existing in this world. Um, it, they just feel very, I don't know, like a lot of the characters felt like they were just sort of <laughs> ripped from the background of a, of a Tim Burton movie and, and gave them some lines. Like it didn't stick with me, but the main characters, like the main characters you come across, like those are really cool 
a lot of the side characters were just like, yeah, walk past them. They'll say a few lines about the world and you'll catch sort of the gist. So, well, yeah, that's the thing. Just walking by them, you can kind of catch the gist of a lot of what they're talking about and what the world is supposed to be. But if you do want that extra little bit of lore, you can talk to them and they'll give you, you know, a tidbit here, a tidbit there as well. So there is like lore to be found if if you want to take the time um, to kind of learn a little bit more about the the world and the background and the history of and stuff. So like I, I kind of like that. I mean, I'm the kind of person who normally would deep dive into the lore a little bit more, but I know that there's a lot of people that really don't care <laughs> and they just want to, you know, play for the combat, play for the mechanics, whatever. So um, it's nice that that kind of offers you the choice in that way. Like you don't feel like you're missing anything because you get the feel of what they want to tell you just by walking by them. Yeah, exactly. For sure. I think overall, um, uh, we'll probably give a, a more in-depth look at this next week once we've both had a chance to finish. I don't know how long it actually is, but I feel like I'm progressing pretty quickly. So I imagine we can finish by next week. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, from what I can see, it's about 15 to 20 hours. So like a pretty standard, um, you know. Uh, Very much along the lines of nobody saves the world. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, that sounds good. I'll I'll definitely I'm looking forward to playing more of it. Like I said, the combat really um has me really interested to see where it can go further. Mm -hmm. Yeah, see how complicated it can get from a deck building and from a like action combat perspective. It's a really interesting marriage of the two and I I like the uh I do like the randomness that the dice kind of brings into it is, you know, it's not the same as a Hearthstone game where you get, you know, a little bit more mana every turn or more energy every turn or whatever. It's like, no, you could literally roll ones the whole time and only be able to play your low cost cards. So, um, yeah, I like that randomness. It makes it feel, uh, makes combat feel a little bit more interesting and dynamic. So, uh, so yeah, if you guys want to check it out again, that is lost in random. It is available on Xbox game pass ultimate. Uh, it is available in other places too. I think Ryan <laughs> was going to link me the Steam page, but then thought that I would buy it on Steam instead of getting it for free through Game Pass. So yeah, uh, it is available other places too. So check it out on your platform of choice. Um, Ryan, do you want to tell me a little bit about Ninja Turtles? I have I have a funny story about Ninja Turtles, but... <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, so uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shredder's Revenge, it's out on Game Pass um as well i played it on xbox it is also available on switch <laughs> it, oh it is okay yeah it, it, it is on switch i think it's kind of on everything and that sort of uh caused some issues as we were trying to so we i sorted out i think two game nights uh, i played with uh Bo, john and crofton on friday night and then i ended up playing with some discord folks i think um yeah whirlwind travis and uh I'm uh, um, and Crofton again. <laughs> me forgetting <laughs> Crofton. He's he's gonna listen to this now and, and he's gonna give me heck. Uh, but we we did play uh, a couple nights and it's a very short game. Um, you can kind of work your way through the story in about two and a half hours. So we beat it in kind of one sitting. But that's that's I think by design. Like these are this is a throwback to like the '90s uh, old school sort of brawler games that you would see from. You know, Streets of Rage, the, you know, Turtles in Time. There are, I actually, I found out a lot of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle games that I have not played. Um, there's actually a, a, another collection that's coming out later this year that has like 10 of them in there, which is, uh, is fun to see. But 
This one is a brand new game inspired by those older titles, and they've built in six player co-op. Uh, so you can play with up to, uh, you know, as six players. There are, at the beginning of the game, six characters you can choose from. Obviously, the Turtles, April O'Neil, Splinter, and then, I don't know if this is a spoiler because it's on the front page of IGN, but you can unlock Casey Jones, and it's he's OP, supposedly. <laughs> as uh, I'll, I'll give this one to Crofton. He said, like, well, of course he's OP. He's the only adult <laughs> in the room. Uh <laughs> You know, and <laughs> the only adult beating up a whole bunch of little kids. <laughs> Nailed it. Yeah, it's a it's a fun game. And here's the thing: like, if you if you search this, there is crossplay. Obviously, crossplay between Xbox and uh, and and PC Game Pass work really well. Um, I think uh, Bo was trying to play, and he had bought it on Steam. And we could not get it working for the life of us. So we had actually returned it on Steam and bought it on the Microsoft PC store. He did not want Game Pass. (laughs) Listen to Core. I'm sure he's talked about it a couple times about how he does not like subscriptions. But um, then it worked flawlessly because it was the Xbox connection. But supposedly there is crossplay between all PC versions of the game and Xbox. And that is done through the Epic Games account that you have to have. This game is not available on the Epic Games Store, but it uses <laughs> your Epic account to this allow crossplay. This sounds as bad as my EA story. <laughs> Callback. As I said, I I was going to have a similar story. No oh one got God. locked out of their Epic account, but we troubleshooted for an hour on Friday night to try to get it so Bo could play on Steam and all of us could play on Game Pass. And it involved me like booting up a computer so i could log into my epic account on the epic game store friend everybody so like i guess how it works is everybody playing in your co-op if someone is outside the xbox you know profile ecosystem ecosystem, yeah you had to have your epic account linked to your xbox profile and linked to your steam profile and make sure everyone or at least there was one degree of separation for everyone being friends on epic and maybe xbox you know and maybe steam we're not sure (laughs) well to make sure everyone was you know so you could invite everybody and everyone could see everyone um so we did all that we we got all of our epic accounts sorted we and we actually like did this as well for our sunday night uh game session to make sure okay like what's everyone's epic account okay we're all added what's everyone's steam account okay we're all set and uh we couldn't get it to work we all were connected through Epic. You know, I guess crossplay works in that when you're in the Steam version of the game or the Xbox PC version, you bring up this, the Epic overlay and it's like your friends list. And that's how you invite people to a crossplay enabled PC game. Wow. Brutal. And, you know, you, you Google, like, how come this isn't working? And most of the stuff is like, well, it's working for me. And I was like, well, that's not helpful. <laughs> you know that's what i mean i always love like the the first weekend of releases right because when you try to google a problem that you're having on launch with a game the responses are split 50 50 it's either people exactly like you that are having the problem and have no idea how to fix it and have come to insert forum here whether it's like tied to the actual game or whether it's on reddit or whatever They've come seeking the answer and the other half of respondents just say, oh, it's working fine for me. I don't know what the problem is. 
and neither side has a solution. <laughs> it's like they just show up to say, this is my problem and I don't have a solution. Yeah. <laughs> or this isn't a problem for me. I don't know why it works. <laughs> it's ridiculous. This is the thing. I feel like this is a scenario of, as you said, first week of launch. A lot of people are playing because there, there's a bunch of people playing. You know, a lot of folks are buying it or not, uh, or playing through Game Pass. And then some of their friends who don't have Game Pass or don't want to subscribe are buying it on Steam or, uh, well, in this case for crossplay, they're buying it on Steam and it's working for some. And I believe them, you know, like they connect their Epic accounts. It works. You know, the Xbox players see the Steam players through their Epic linked accounts and linking your accounts. I, I did not have any issues linking my Xbox account to Epic uh, and linking, um, you know, my my Epic account to Steam, although there was like that similar to EA, one of those weird warnings of like, you can only link to one account. And it's and I'm like, OK, that's fine. I only have one account. Uh, that's cool. Um, but I don't know why you're being so, so why you're being so aggressive. About yeah, this. <laughs> it just makes me think, like, should I link my account? Like, it feels like you're worried. <laughs> you're worried as much as I am about linking these accounts. But um, OK. And so that I guess that's the sort of the the software or the the networking that they're using to stitch together these crossplay sessions. We could not get it to work, but as soon as we basically said like, why don't you just return it on Steam? We've only been troubleshooting for an hour. Return it there. You know, put in the return request like, hey, crossplay is not working, and then you know go buy it for the same price on your Microsoft Store, uh, and we'll mm-hmm. we'll play crossplay. And it worked. It worked great. We had a lot of fun. It, like it is a it is a game designed to be replayed with you know the same groups of friends playing with different you know characters uh, all the characters have like levels so as you play with you know say michelangelo i i beat one of the stories with michelangelo he's now like level six i can go back and do that same story and level up other characters who have different move sets and i think the developer has really crafted some you know, similar, you know, if you learn how to play one character, you know the basics of playing all the other characters, but they do have different moves. Like, obviously, all the turtles have different weapons. You know, mm-hmm. April O'Neil uses, uh, by the way, I mean, I don't think they're going to let her borrow any more equipment from the office because she is just using it as as weapons. She's like, you know, throwing cameras at people. And, and I was going to say, is she going to interview them to death? Like, no, no, she is like mic dropping, but like she's dropping like the heavy mics on people and it's hurting. Uh. Them. And I think one of her moves is literally like just taking like a camera on a tripod and swinging it wildly and uh, very effective. But again, she's not getting her deposit back uh, on, on that office rental. So uh, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I had a lot of fun with it. Again, like once you remove all that crossplay account stuff, it just never worked. And I don't know, maybe it'll work next week. I think we're planning another uh, session with someone who is looking to buy it on Steam and we'll try it again. I I believe people when they say uh, when they respond to tech issues is like, oh, it's working for me and this is how I did it. Um, We did all that. And I think it just comes down to uh, the servers were busted i think a little bit overwhelmed yeah yeah it seemed like a lot of people were playing uh ninja turtles this weekend uh including matt which uh it was really funny because i I was away for the weekend so uh, i finally had my spa weekend which was my christmas gift and so like i was so i was sitting uh around it was because i stayed at my parents because they were uh much closer than than i live to the spa and uh so sitting there with my parents and my best friend who was going with me 
And all of a sudden, like my phone goes off and I, I looked and I was like, oh, new email from Nintendo. And it was like suspicious activity. I was like, what's going on? I guess I hadn't like bought anything on Nintendo in a while. So it was like, hey, money's been added to your account. Did you do this? <laughs> and so I'm like sitting there, like having wine with my parents, my best friend, being all like adult and stuff. And I had to call my husband to be like, did you buy Ninja Turtles? <laughs> Because I'm like, I'm getting messages from Nintendo telling me that you bought Ninja Turtles, or I hope it's you. Otherwise, I have to tell them that, no, this is, you know, don't use my account for this. And he was like, yeah, I bought Ninja Turtles and play with my brother. <laughs> I'm like, okay, have fun. <laughs> so, yeah, that's how I know it's available on the Switch. Because, yeah, Nintendo was like flagging my account for suspicious activity. I guess, you know, I don't play games that are like Ninja Turtles. <laughs> so... You know, it's funny. You talk about going to a spa weekend. If, if I got, did you get the email after your spa weekend or like before you went to the before, spa? Before, before. Oh my God. I wouldn't have been able to relax. That would have put me on edge. Like, oh, my account is being hacked. Like my Nintendo account. Even if you had a, a perfectly good example, I'd still probably, or not example, explanation. I still probably would have been on edge for at least like the first little bit uh, at the spa and being like, oh gosh, I can't believe that happened. Uh, it, those security emails are never fun even when you make the no. purchase yourself it's like no i just did this why are you trying to stress me out yeah Nintendo or whoever <laughs> insert company here that and i get i get why they do it i yeah they're looking out for me well i mean really they're looking out for them because they don't want to have to like reverse charges and all that kind of stuff but anyways yeah so i just thought that was funny like super sophisticated adult spa weekend did you buy Ninja Turtles? <laughs> yes. We are also adults. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey. Yeah. It's funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, one last. Oh, sorry. Are you all done with Ninja Turtles? I am done with Ninja Turtles. Okay. Um, I What I am not done with is Marvel Snap. And I did want to give a really quick update. Um, we're running a little bit long, but um, I did want to give a bit of an update on Marvel Snap because I am still playing a lot of it and I understand the monetization a little bit better now that I've played more and more of it so basically um, I do still really like the way that they've done monetization because um, the vast majority of things that you can buy with real money are cosmetic uh, however leveling up very like cosmetic variants of your cards will increase your collection level, which then will let you unlock new characters and like new cards to play. And obviously new cards have new abilities and all that kind of stuff. And um, I've seen some people complaining now because um, the unlocks are random. So as you level up your collection level, every few levels you you unlock either, you know, some currency or some uh, boosters, which is basically like XP for a very specific card, a very specific character, uh, or you have a mystery card. And so it's not like the mystery card at level 10 is always like Cyclops. Like the mystery card at level 10 will be different for me, will be different for you, will be different for somebody else, which then makes it so if you want a very specific card that you then have to try to increase your collection level as fast as possible to get more mystery unlocks and to try to get the card that you're searching for. Um, and so that's kind of where 
buying more currency would let you upgrade your cards faster. And the upgrades technically like don't impact the power of your decks, like the the common version and the uncommon and the rare and the epic versions of the card do exactly the same thing, but each contributes more value to your collection level and so allows you to unlock more stuff. So like there is kind of, there is that piece to it. Although I felt like I could be competitive. Like what I said originally about snap still stands. I felt I could be competitive with the starter deck um, because of the location randomness. So I still think it's a very well-balanced, really fun game. Um, And the monetization is really interesting to me as somebody who doesn't play mobile titles. Um, Apparently, this is similar to the Riot card game, maybe? Yeah, Legends of Runeterra, I guess. That's the one, right? I think so. Yeah, Legends of Runeterra. I think that's the one that has a similar monetization. But like, so so I did spend some money uh, just to see like how much faster I could level up because basically you get currency by doing like your daily quests and stuff, which is like play two mana cards, like win five locations, win a location with only one card. Like it's stuff like that. Um, And so you don't even necessarily have to win a match to complete your quest, which is nice. Um, And so anyways, like I wanted to know if, if putting money into it would make it so that I could basically pay to win. And essentially, no. Um, Again, unlocks are random, so you can't necessarily pay money and buy a specific card. And also, it's time-gated. So, like, even if you buy 8,000 gold bars, you have to convert that into the currency that lets you buy your card upgrades. Um, So you can use gold either for card upgrades or for buying... um, like new cosmetic variants of them and variant upgrades also contribute to your. So even if I've already upgraded my Cyclops, if I get a variant art of him and upgrade that, then both of those will um, contribute to my collection level and lead to more unlocks. So like there is that part that you could like basically like buy more collection levels, but in order to convert your gold into your upgrade currency, that's actually time gated. So once a day, you can just go into the store interface and get 50 currency for like for free. And then it lets you buy currency at larger um, increments. I think for like 400 gold, you can get 500 upgrade currency or something, but you can only do that twice a day or maybe three times a day. Anyways, it's limited. You can't just convert all of your gold into upgrade currency. So it is like it does kind of slow you down in that way which I kind of like. It's not just that I can go drop $200 and then, you know, upgrade my collection by 500 levels or something. So anyways, I still think it's on the like and I and I didn't feel forced like I very much did the I'm going to drop money on this so I understand how the monetization works a little bit better and like basically is like gamers in research. <laughs> so I never felt pressured or felt like I had to spend money. I was still winning games. I was still having fun. I've made it to platinum now. So I got my uh, Emma like um, avatar thing. Like, I don't know. I, I, I like it. <laughs> I'm having a really, really good time in it and, and don't feel press- pressured by the monetization at all. <laughs> cool. I'm looking forward to checking it out once it launches here in uh, Canada for the... Uh... I think it should be soon. Honestly, because they've said that they're not wiping. And this is another reason I felt comfortable spending money, even though it's still in beta, 
is because um, they've said they're not going to wipe progress, which also means they're not going to want their beta testers to be way ahead of everybody else. So I feel like they've got to be maybe like a couple of weeks away from a wider launch because I think um, their seasons are a month long and their battle pass is a month long. So I feel like they're testing the battle pass thing. And then as long as everything goes well, we'll have a new one and a launch in July would be my guess. Maybe August, but soon. Yeah, I think they're targeting summer for a worldwide launch. Are they not? I think that. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah. So hopefully soon. But yeah, I, I look forward to your thoughts when you actually when you get a chance to play it, because, uh, yeah, I think it's really fun. Yeah, I'm excited to check it out. I, I really do want to see. I'm, I'm excited to see all the different variations of the Marvel art and, and to honestly mm-hmm. just. Oh, my God. Right. There's so many in there. Yeah, there's so many great. different styles. Yeah, it's very, very cool. Um, wanted to say a very quick thank you to our June patron, Josh Cook. Thank you so much for supporting the Gamers Inn over at patreon.com slash the Gamers Inn. That brings us to our news portion of the week. Uh, we got a couple quick stories for you here. Um, the second part of the Final Fantasy VII remake is, uh, it's been announced. Hooray! I know uh, a lot of people were were kind of sad that it was only half the game or whatever <laughs> when it came out, and now that you're getting the other half. Oh, third. They've uh, they're going to be doing three. Oh, games. Three? Yeah. I thought it was just two. Oh no. man. <laughs> yeah. So uh, they had a Final Fantasy VII 25th anniversary stream where they announced like or they announced and gave updates on four or five different Final Fantasy VII related projects, uh, <laughs> which includes the remake project that they're doing. So um, we had Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, I really love that game. Um, it's probably the first Final Fantasy game that I actually finished. Um, and I and I think that's more about me than the games. I think it's... The, I, <laughs> I, I, I would never be able to finish them because they are quite long and uh, I would probably usually get distracted, but uh, the seven remake really uh, kept me interested and it is a, a very good game and, and it's now available on Steam. That was another one of the updates is that it is launched on Steam. It was exclusive to Epic for a while there, but um, the second part will be launching in winter 2023. So between December 2023 and uh, likely, you know, heading into the February, March area of 2024 and that will be called Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. And they confirmed that this would be split into three parts. Um, <laughs> a lot of people were concerned when they announced that part one would take place mostly in Midgar. Uh, someone who had never played Final Fantasy VII, the original, um, I didn't really know didn't this. Didn't have but a lot of context for that. <laughs> no, I didn't. But a lot of people were saying like, oh, Midgar, that's like you know, one seventh of the game, like a very small chunk of the game. And so a lot of people are thinking like, man, how, how are they going to justify splitting this into like 10 parts uh, if they are truly remaking it? But, you know, as, as you'll, as folks learn when they played it, it's like, well, it's not really a remake. Uh, This first part is, it has a lot of moments that are close to the first game. Um, But as you play more and more, you realize like, oh, they are, the game is literally trying to break out of that mold and uh, is successful. And that's why the second part is called Rebirth. And they say the third and final part will also have a subtitle that is meaningful, which is nice. Uh, hmm. <laughs> so I'm excited for uh, this follow-up. It, it It is only confirmed for PlayStation 5 at this moment, um, although history would dictate that it will launch on PC 
at some point in 2024, maybe 2025. Yeah, I uh, mean, basically, I would expect anywhere Final Fantasy VII Remake is, the second part will exist there as well. <laughs> yeah, and and maybe closer this time around. Um, I don't, I, I mean, the first part launched on PlayStation first because there was a marketing deal with Sony, uh, and there was obviously work to be done to port it to PC. Um, but I feel like now that it is out on PC, like you said, the sequel should be arriving at some point and, and likely sooner than the PC port uh, launched this time around. But yeah, it'll be a bit more of a wait, but you'll have many other Final Fantasy VII projects to look forward to uh, as you wait for winter 2023. Well, I'm sure that makes a lot of gamers pretty happy because I know that the people who love Final Fantasy VII love Final Fantasy VII. So Square Enix loves Final Fantasy VII. So yeah, <laughs> so yeah, I'm sure everybody's really looking forward to that. Um, <laughs> more crappy news from Blizzard. Um, so well, I mean, not really. I don't know. I it just they public opinion of that company for so many very good reasons is just so low right now and it seems like every single time they're in a headline it's because something crappy has happened so tony hawk himself for those of you that care about skater games uh did confirm that uh pro skater three and four were abandoned uh after they merged with blizzard so <laughs> blizzard killed tony hawk <laughs> Yeah, it, in what was actually a very successful, uh, you know, remaster slash remake with Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 plus 2, it was very well received. Yeah, everybody was very excited about it. <laughs> yeah. So the fact that they, I mean, according to this article and, and Tony Hawk himself, as you said, and a, a former um, Vicarious Visions slash Neversoft developer, they said like the plan was always to do 3 plus 4 afterwards. But then, as you said, when Vicarious Visions was absorbed into Blizzard and they're now part of the Diablo team, I guess, um, they they basically said, well, we don't have a developer to do this anymore. I mean, which is their own Activision's fault, but let's yeah. not point fingers. <laughs> Tony Hawk didn't point fingers. He just kind of stated the facts in this, this stream. But, but I cannot- yeah, everybody is pointing fingers, though, at <laughs> Blizzard slash Activision. <laughs> yeah, it, it is just... It is an odd decision because, again, like Vicarious Visions have been has been doing a lot of great work. You know, the Crash, uh, the Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy, where they basically remade those first three PlayStation one games and and brought them to, you know, into 2020 in a, in a way that was like really well done, really well received. And then they did this again with Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Like this just proves that Activision has on the Activision side a lot of great older titles that can be remade and they've taken that one developer that was doing it really well and said hey go help blizzard make blizzard games um and in in that sort of vein like they've kind of lost that opportunity to continue to remake their older games and Mm -hmm. um they even said like we tried to shop this out within the activision sort of studios and like none of the proposals that came back were good. And I'm sure most of the proposals were like, we would love to do this because we're sick of making Call of Duty. Um, Please (laughs) let us make Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Anything else, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, it, you know, they do say like, you know, maybe once the dust settles, we'll get back to it. I mean, that's a possibility. Like I said, one plus two did really well. So 
it's just a matter of finding the right developer. But mm-hmm. yeah, and I mean, like they might be. I mean, I know that Vicarious Visions has been absorbed into Blizzard, um, and I know uh, I'm pretty sure Jen O'Neill has left now. I think. Um, anyways, that's neither here nor there. But my, my point was, they might still uh, be able to uh, kind of like uh, spin back out again into Vicarious Visions 2.0, maybe when uh, the merger goes through. Uh, the Microsoft buyout is the one I'm talking about now. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because it's, it's funny, uh, Vicarious Visions is actually has been thrown around a lot since the original Microsoft merger was announced because of all the IP that they've worked on in the past and uh, how it would be really great to, you know, like either let them do more original stuff or give them new licenses or like with the Tony Hawk um, license, like remake some of the older stuff. Um, And because they're, they're so good at that. So, I mean, yeah, like the whole vicarious visions uh, studio and all the employees and stuff and, being rolled into the Diablo team really sucks <laughs> unless you're a Diablo fan, I guess, because like they are really good at what they do. But uh, I don't think that this is the end. I think if Activision Blizzard had not been bought by Microsoft, um, then we would maybe be having a different conversation. But I think that if you're a Tony Hawk fan or a fan of anything ever made by Vicarious Visions, don't give up hope yet. <laughs> yeah. there's, there's a chance that they might uh, be able to actually uh, make some of their old stuff once uh, Microsoft takes over. Because Microsoft has so much money and Xbox is just a side project for them. So <laughs> yeah. like, there's, there's a good chance they'll just throw around some money and you know let some of the smaller studios within Activision Blizzard um, actually make good games. Yeah, it, I mean, it's, it's weird to think that, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of good that comes from Microsoft owning Activision Blizzard. I don't know if they're going to come in and undo a lot of these weird decisions, but I feel like Diablo four launching next year that frees up what is now called Blizzard Albany to maybe mm-hmm. work on some other projects. And I mean, if it's not pro skater three plus four at the very least, you know, you could maybe take another crack at Warcraft three reforged, you know, yeah, uh, I'd really love Blizzard to, um, and I know their, their makeup, uh, well, actually, did did Vicarious Visions work on that Diablo two uh, remake that they did? That was well received, I believe. I think so. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Maybe they did some work there. Yeah, there's still hope. Uh, if you would like to join the conversation and let us know what you think about anything we've talked about this week, head on over to Bitly slash TGI Discord. Uh, you can also uh, visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com or you can follow us on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn at Joss Plays. Ryan is at R. Murphy. And don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers Inn. Thanks for staying at The Gamers Inn. Remember, tune in next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone.